Welcome to the Better Off Podcast. We're sponsored by Betterment, the largest independent online financial advisor. Okay, so every week I say to you, hey, just send us an email. Ask Jill at betteroffpodcast.com and we'll answer your questions. Just, just do that. Well, many of you took us up on that offer and the email inbox is bulging. So to help clear out the inbox, we are going to devote an entire episode to your calls and questions. And that way we can kind of get you on the road to a better financial future and also at the same time, make me less crazy about having hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of emails pile up. Actually, I'm not crazy. Mark is crazy because I don't even look at that stuff until he goes through it and then sends it to me. So. Without further ado, we are going to start with Britain in South Carolina. You're listening to Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. Hello, Britain. Welcome to Better Off. How can I help you? Hey, Jill. Thanks for having me. Sure. Um, so this is all about getting financially ready for a baby. There um, is nothing you can do. You can't even uh, prepare. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> You'll get there. You'll get there. Well, thank you. Uh, so we just found out last week that she's pregnant. She's excited. Um, so, but I want her to worry about, you know, baby and, and taking care of herself, and I'm worried about the finances and stress about it. So what we got going on is we're from South Carolina. I'm a police officer. She's a teacher. So we make nothing. Um, but you have but good, but you have good pensions. Uh, that, you're right. You are absolutely right. Um, so... I've got, you know, plus or eight months to get ready for this. Um, so she's got some student loans that we're trying to pay off. Mm-hmm. Um, she's doing her master's in music education, and, you know, she's almost done. But what we're trying to do is she has right under $5,000 left of student loans, and I really want to get that knocked down uh, before the baby comes. Okay. Um, but the only issue is we only have a 1000 $1,000 in our savings account. Ah, so the question is pay down the student loan versus beefing up the savings, right? Yes. Mm. Yes. So um, the way I mapped it out is if I can go ahead and put, you know, $2,500 down this month and next month and get rid of the student loan, I'll still be able to save up 7000 um before baby comes. How, what it, tell me what's going to happen when the baby comes. Will uh, your wife stay home and get paid for that leave, or what's the, or will you? What, what are the financial arrangements through work? So I'll take off um, using my sick time. I, I've got enough to take off um, a month. She will be out for a month and a half. Thankfully, that the baby should be due by her Christmas break, so she'll be able to take that Christmas break. Uh-huh. Um, and then whenever she has to go back, she'll use that sick time uh, in addition to what she already has. So she'll take off, I think, a month and a half is what we have planned. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she'll go back to work. So we won't really be you know, out of uh, a paycheck for too long when mm-hmm. that comes. Mm-hmm. And do you guys live near family? Will you have help with the baby, or are you going to have to hire help? I mean, how how's that look on, on that end of it? Yeah, my parents are around. Uh, we live in town with my parents. She lives an hour away. Um, my parents are still working, so they'll be able to take care of it some. Um, but um, I still think we're going to have to do some child care. Mm. What's the What's the uh, interest on the student loan? It's six percent. 
I know. It's like killing you because you're like, oh, I can I got to pay six percent on this darn loan when, in fact, I'm earning essentially zero percent on my money and savings. Right. Yeah, I know. Uh, any other debt that's outstanding? No, no, no credit debt. Um, just going only the five thousand less than student loans. We own both our cars. Well, let me ask you something. I mean, the reality is that you would probably be okay rolling the dice a little bit, okay, and only having seven grand saved. However, if something were to happen where, you know, maybe your wife couldn't get paid for her whole leave or the baby comes early or something else occurs, that may not be enough money. So I would say, you know, sort of nine times out of 10, you're sure, no problem. But- why don't we kind of delay paying uh, off that loan just to a few months? I'd love to get just beef up. See if the five grand, if you had, you know, if you had ten or twelve thousand dollars saved before the baby's born, and then you see how it goes, and then we're just waiting, honestly, just a few months, uh, and then you pay that off. I think. I would feel more comfortable on your behalf. Now, you may blow off this advice. You may, okay? But I think that the more conservative approach would be to not feel the emotional excitement about being debt-free and taking a more measured approach to let's just make sure there's enough money set aside for for the baby and then we don't have any pressure because, you know, I get that it is a financially smart decision to pay off a 6% loan when you're essentially earning, you know, a half a percent on your money. On the other hand, once you pay off that loan, you don't have the money. And so we do, what, what I think is really important when you have a baby or in any time of transition is that you have liquidity. And I'm scared once that five grand is gone, it's gone and you might need it. So, I mean, unless you tell me that your folks are just, they say, you know, they're kind of rich and they're like, you know what we'd love to do for you for this baby? Maybe you should do like a uh, a GoFundMe for your baby. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Be. <laughs> yeah, uh, but if someone was like, we want to get you something for the baby, of course you can accept that. But what you can also do is you can really encourage people to, especially your family, you know, just we're just going to pay off the student loan debt. That's really our number one priority. We got the baby. We're going to take care of that. One way or the other, I think that you'd like to have, you know, closer to 10 or 12 grand saved up by the time the baby rolls around. And then, you know, it's not so terrible if in nine months, then you pay off the the loan. Or if you're really making yourself crazy, pay off $500 a month towards the loan and put the other two grand into your emergency reserve for the baby. It could, I mean, it's just, it's really a question of whether you can feel comfortable enough with that or not. Yeah, no, I think that's, that's, that's smart yeah 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 i just think so uh anything else going on that i can help you out with yeah um so another thing that i want to try and do before the baby gets here and i don't know if i'll be able to do it or not is um when my wife moved here uh, she moved to my hometown and she bought a house but she could only put down um i think three and a half um percent of the down payment Mm -hmm. so she got a fha loan Mm. I've been trying to figure out if she could get rid of PMI for that loan, but it doesn't sound like you can. I think it's for the duration of the mortgage. Right. So would it be best to switch to just a traditional loan? Um, and then once we're done with those student loan payments and everything, you know, we build up savings, um, start making the, 
additional payments for that to try and get rid of that? Yeah, yeah, I mean, but I would say that that's like not your hugest priority right this second. I would really put that on the back burner. And then, yes, that, you know, presuming everything is, you know, really smooth, your financial life back on track, the emergency reserve fund is plentiful, you're both putting money into retirement, you know, all those things in place, sure. Is this a house you guys think are you're going to stay in the home or is it possible you could sell it? No, uh, we'll probably sell um, in the next five years. Oh, you're going to sell in the next five years? Then don't worry about it. Just do okay. what you're doing now. Chill out. Do do. Just take it easy. Two other things to consider. Life insurance. Your wife can probably still get life insurance um, because she's early in the pregnancy. So let's get that done. And estate documents. So any, you know, get the, the wills done. Get that taken care of all before anything occurs and before the baby comes and you're so overwhelmed that you can't do anything. All right. All right. I'll add that to the list. Yeah. Sorry. I just, I took something off the list, but I added something on. I'm sorry. Good luck. And, and I, I'm really, I'm so happy for you. And of course you must send us a picture after the baby's born. I will. I will. Thank you so much. All right. Take care. Okay. Next up is Alex. Hello, Alex. Welcome to Better Off. How can I help you? Hi, Jill. I'm a big fan. Thanks. Um, Calling in, calling in to ask about uh, maybe finding the right financial advisor for my unique situation. Okay, to do tell. Okay, uh, I am a, a federal employee. I'm overseas, uh, and I worked overseas for the last five years, and I'll probably be overseas for at least another five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and because of that, I'm in kind of a unique situation, uh, both tax wise, but also because of my retirement plan mm-hmm. with the TSP and so on. Um, and just in general, I'm moving on very soon to my next tour, which is going to be uh, in a place where I'm going to be making twice my current salary and so will my husband. Wow. So we want to make sure that we make use of that extra money the most effectively. That's amazing. Um, so uh, you guys are married, no kids? No kids. Okay. And how old are you guys? I'm 29. He is 33. Okay. Got it. So tell me, how have you kind of been managing things so far? Sure. Um, i Love personal finance. That's why I listen to your show. Mark, let's just get that isolated so someone can just say that. I love personal finance. So now continue. (laughs) Yes, I love personal finance. So uh, I've been doing my best with the information available on the Internet. So I'm doing currently a 16% contribution in my um, TSP Roth. It's at about 80000 right now. Great. Uh, We've got about 20000 in emergency funds. Uh, and then I've got another 15000 in a brokerage account with Betterment. Okay, great. And uh, my husband has about $70,000 in high-interest student loans that he's paying off. $70,000 in student loans. What's the interest rate on that? It's They're all between 6 and 7%. Mm, okay. Uh, all of his salary goes towards those. Mm-hmm. And with the new position, it looks like he'll be paying those off within the next 12 months. Great. And then I have about 12000 left in no-interest student loans that I'm still paying the minimum on because they're no-interest, so there's no rush. And there's no, and those no-interest loans are locked at no-interest, or are they locked at no-interest for some period of time? They're locked at no-interest, period. Oh, my God, that's awesome. How'd you get that? <laughs> Very generous uh, university. Oh, fantastic. Okay, great. So we know that the bump in salary for your husband is going to pay off the student loans. And for you, what are you thinking about in terms of what should happen for your bump in salary? 
To be honest with you, I'm really not sure. I'm going to be making something close to about 160 for the year, and I won't be paying for housing or food mm. or anything, really, except for those student loans. Fantastic. I have no idea what to do with that extra money. Well, obviously, you're gonna you know you're gonna max out on the Roth, the thrift savings plan Roth. That's going to be a done deal. So you'll bid eighteen five on that, and that'll be done. Um, from that point on, I think that you're really talking about well, two two different things. One is, is there? I mean, you're you're overseas, and so you're not coming back for a while. So there's no reason that you're maybe saving up for a house or anything like that. But I do think it's certainly worthwhile beefing up that non-retirement account, the Betterment account, and to start thinking about that as perhaps more of like an intermediate term funding vehicle, meaning that, you know, I don't know what happens to you in four or five years. Would you come back or do you think you stay abroad? What's the guess? You know, it's that's a great question. Uh, at this point, I'm pretty much trying to stay overseas as long as I can. Um, for one thing, because of the whole uh, free housing portion, mm-hmm. I think you just, you can't beat that. Nope. So uh, I've been trying to think of what I can do with this money to kind of meet. I, I mean, I'm really interested in becoming financially independent as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. So I have no problem with taking on additional risk or maybe having a more aggressive investment portfolio. Uh, I don't even think you need, need to. Figuring out what to do with it. Yeah, I oh, don't okay. even think you need to. Uh, I, and and I guess that, you know, I, I, in my mind that you're doing exactly what you should be doing. I don't think you need to be more aggressive necessarily because the hard part of becoming financially independent is essentially saving the actual money. That's the hard part. The easy part is the investing. I know that everyone gets it the other way around. What I think you're doing is perfect. It's spot on. I would simply be adding to my Betterment account. You are in such a strong financial position that all you need to do is not screw it up. So paying down debt, (laughs) having the emergency reserve, I guess this is really crazy thing. I'm not even sure like you even need a financial planner because I I really uh, and, you know, I love financial planners. I was one 100 years ago, but I'm not sure what that person adds to your life. Sometimes you hire a financial planner or a a CPA because there's some cool stuff you might want to think about if you're not an employee, if you're self-employed. Right. You're not even in that situation. You're a straight-up employee. You're using your benefits. You've got everything kind of buckled down. I, I presume because you're overseas, you probably you have a will, I hope? I do. We got one as soon as we got married. Yeah. I mean, so you got a will. You probably have a power of attorney. Do you have anyone else you have to take care of? Are your parents okay for both of you? Like, what what's the situation on that front? Um, I, I mean... My parents are in the worst financial position, but they're like 15 years younger than his, so they're still earning money. Mm-hmm. There's still time to turn it around. Mm-hmm. His parents are doing okay, but it's a little question marky. I mean, I guess if you wanted to like be careful and make sure that you had some extra money, but even that, that doesn't sound like anything's happening imminently. I think you just keep doing what you're doing. I think you reassess. I, I can't think of a different investment strategy that I would employ. I wouldn't say get more aggressive. The most risk would occur in the the TSP, the Roth TSP, the Betterment account or the brokerage account, the non-retirement account. I would probably have slightly less risk in that account only because for some reason, if you needed to get to the money, that would be the first pot of money you would access. So 
I think that if you're, let's just say you're really young, you don't need this money. If you were aggressive growth in the retirement account and growth in the non-retirement account, meaning about 70% in risky stuff, 30% in less risky stuff, I'm fine with that. I don't think there's anything else for you to do. I really don't. I mean, you, you have life insurance? I do. Uh, I mean, you're in great shape. I'm going to tell you to save your money. When you come back to the States, my guess is you're going to need some help. There could be decisions. There could be questions about what should I do with this account? How am I going to buy a home? All those things that come up. Maybe you're going to have a baby. But I don't see anything in the near term that would suggest you need to hire an advisor right this second. Wow. My husband will love that answer. Yeah. Save okay. the money. Pay down that debt and go go forth. Enjoy yourself. But more importantly, please be careful. Will do. Thanks so much, Jill. Take care. Good luck. Thank you. Bye. Bye. This is Better Off with Jill Schlesinger. We'll get back to your questions in just a second. And, you know, what's funny is that here I am. I am a certified financial planner. I'm answering your questions. I am a fiduciary. I'm held to the fiduciary standard. Uh, But that means that you need help. And maybe that means that you should consider talking to our sponsor, Betterment. The Betterment service is designed to help improve their customers' long-term returns and lower taxes for retirement planning, building wealth, and other financial goals. Betterment will provide you with personalized advice for your financial planning needs. And they offer this service with low transparent advisory fees when compared to traditional services. As your personal investment manager, Betterment always has your back. They don't get commissions for recommending funds. They don't have funds of their own. That means they do what they believe is right for you. Just go to Betterment.com slash better off. And of course, all investing involves risk. We know that. And now back to your questions. Next up, Alan in Dallas. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. It's great to hear a nice Texan voice. Tell me what's on your mind. Well, Jill, I'm uh, wondering how best to fund my kids' 529 plans. Um, They will be attending private school here in the future, uh, and I'm wondering how to fund that to pay for their college Mm. uh, if and when they decide to go. Cool. Uh, Tell me a little bit um, more information. How old are the kids right now? Um, My daughter is three. And my son is eight months old. Oh, my gosh. You are on it, man. Um, And uh, how about like just a big picture about what's going on in your own financial life? How old are you? I'm 37. Are you married? Yes, I am. And how old is your spouse? She is 35. Okay. Are you both working? We do. We are both working. And what's approximately your household income? Uh, Like 400. Okay. I'd say. That's uh, you doing okay there in Texas on four hundred. I mean, I know the uh, property prices have gone up, and like everyone from California is moving out of state, coming to Dallas, and pushing up the prices. Well, I will tell you, buying a new house for a, you know, we had to find a new bed. So, mm-hmm. um, but uh, you know, it's we're pretty fortunate. You oh. know. And are you guys maxing out your retirement accounts right now? We are okay. And how much have you saved already for retirement? Um, so I've got. Um, you know, my, I, I switched jobs a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. I've got about 280 in a Roth IRA that I rolled over and about 60 in my current 
traditional 401k at my job. Okay. My wife has about 300 or so mm-hmm. in her um, retirement accounts, about 200 in a Roth and 100 in a traditional. Great. That's awesome. Uh, how about non-retirement? Do you have a little slush fund, a little emergency reserve? We do. We've got a, you know money in a savings account, um, and then we also have about like 40 or so in a traditional and just a taxable brokerage account. And that taxable account, what's that invested in? Is that just some stuff or is it? it it's just a it's a it's a blended mutual fund at American Funds. OK. And are you guys managing your own money or are you working with an advisor or a broker? Well, we're working with a broker on that. But we sort of when we bought the new house, we renovated it and we sort of used a lot of that taxable account to finance the the, the reno. Do you so know we, what um, my friend, the contractor, told me are the four most expensive words in the English language, speaking uh, of a renovation? Uh, full house renovation? How about while we're at it? Because yeah. while you're in the middle of it, every gosh darn contractor says, well, while we're at it, you might want to blankety blank blank, fill in the blank. And then all of a sudden, well, that's what happens, right? I will freely admit to you, mm. we spent a little bit more than we thought we would. Um, but our plan was that we'd be in this house for 20 years. And, yeah, I get uh, that. We love it. All right, that's awesome. Um, so, I mean, how much are you thinking about putting into 529 plans? You know, I, I don't know. I mean, I my goal was to have, uh, you know, enough to cover a, a big chunk of wherever my kids wanted to go to school. Oh, aren't you benevolent? Um <laughs> You know, I, I don't know if it's if I, you know, it, being very fortunate, I'd love to give my kids lots of options. Okay. So, um, you know, I I don't know how much I should put in it, really. I mean, I, I my goal is to have maybe 250 in each of them by the time they graduated from high school. OK, that seems reasonable. I mean, look, you got a lot of money. And would you say that now that the house is done? Once you've saved for retirement, you maxed out retirement. Do you have? A, do you feel like now you have some cash flow available to fund these five twenty nine plans? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. You know, I, I think there'd be some that I would put in a sort of in a in a, in a taxable account, and some that I would put in the five twenty nines. It's just a matter of how much do I put in each. I don't want to put all of it in a five twenty nine and lose the flexibility to use that money if something were to happen. Or, yeah, I get you. Um, what do you figure your free cash flow is? Like, how much money do you think you have available either on a monthly or an annual basis to fund other stuff after the it's, after you pay for everything? It's probably like 80 or 90, okay. maybe. All right. So the way I'm thinking about this is, um, oh, wait, last question. Um, on that taxable account, that 40 grand that's in there, do you have any losses in there? No, we harvested most of those mm. to okay. when we took money out to pay for the house. Okay. That was about a year and a half ago. Okay. All right. Understood. So I think that, you know, a good game plan for you, first of all, what I would do is I would run through a few calculators just to see kind of where you stand um, just for college stuff and also for retirement, you know, like you can run a retirement calculation almost anywhere. Okay. Uh, But it seems to me you're going to be on track because you're saving a lot of money and you save beyond your retirement accounts. If you had $80,000, you know, left over in a given year, in the first few years, what I might do is I would put that full amount in 
to each of the kids' accounts to get rocking and rolling and have that really beautiful tax benefit work for you. So I would probably kind of do the overfunding in the first few years because they're really young. And then you can kind of wait and see and retest it and see where things stand. Um, And that probably, if you did that for a bunch of years, that would be great. You know, probably what's going to be more depending on where they go, right? Because if they go to UT Austin, the price tag might be lower, right? Hook Hook 'em Horns is right. I love that place. I really wanted my niece to go there. She went to Vanderbilt instead. Um, I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. I mean, that. so, I mean, that would be, so I think that you, you jumpstart it for the next, you know, let's say three to five years, you get that rocking and rolling, you save the rest of it in the brokerage account. Just be careful about that brokerage account because obviously, you know, that's subject to taxation. And mm-hmm. so um, that's one of the reasons why I have no, I think that you should almost overfund the 529 plans right now because there won't be any tax liability with the money that's in that account. Absolutely. Right. And then, you know, then I think we see where we are. I mean, by the way, the Texas College Savings Plan is amazing. I just pulled it up. There's great choices. It's very cheap. And it's, you know, basically a bunch of wonderful index funds. So um, I think you've got a good game plan. Put the money in there for the first, you know, let's at least say three years. Let's see where you stand. And let's see. Um, I don't know how quickly it takes you to figure out whether your kid's going to be a good student or not. But <laughs> you might find out eight years from now that, you know, your your daughter is uh, a world class. What are we going to make her a uh, world class basketball player? And maybe she'll get a scholarship. So maybe you stop funding for her at some point. So. I think that's a good game plan, Alan, and uh, I certainly wish you the best of luck. Before we wrap up the show, let's just do a quick email. Someone wrote in after listening to our interview with New York Times reporter John Schwartz that I found the most insightful thing he said was that he left college with zero debt, 200 bucks a semester for books and law school tuition. That's insane. Students now are leaving college with crushing student loan debt which then puts their purchasing power back immensely. I'm just over 10 years out of college. I've paid off my student loans a year and a half ago. I was lucky to have a mix of loans, grants, and gifts from the grandparents. I honestly believe we need to totally restructure our education finance system to match countries in the EU. Ours is so broken. Thanks for another great show. I couldn't agree more. I mean, but until that happens, which I don't think is happening anytime soon, it really does mean that we have to take our education funding a lot more seriously. And we have to be much more thoughtful about the way that families are choosing to send their kids off to school. Yes, get the education. No, don't go into debt up to your eyeballs to attain that education. Well, that's it. That's the show. Thanks so much to all of you who have sent us emails. Remember, if you've got a financial question, the email address, askjill at betteroffpodcast.com. That's askjill at betteroffpodcast.com. If you've missed any of the previous shows, you can just go to jillonmoney.com. That's where you find everything. And remember, we drop new episodes every Tuesday and Thursday. Our music is composed by Joel Goodman. Our executive producer is Mark Talercio. We are distributed by Cadence 13, and our sponsor is Betterment. See you next week.